Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. It's Dylan. I'm here with Steve. How are you, Steve? I'm Dylan. I'm always good. Do you not know this? Of course, I know that. But I mean, if I'm like vertical, I'm usually pretty good. Otherwise, I'm just asleep. <laughs> at the a... moment, I mean, it could go other <laughs> ways. It could go south. But at the moment, usually, if I'm laying down, I'm just asleep. Uh, I've I've been there. Some days, you know, I lay down. I'm I'm out. I'm even. I, it's still Saturday, right? Sure. <laughs> I laid down Saturday. I fall asleep in my office chair all the time. It's like... <laughs> Once my family took a picture of me asleep in my chair. Then another time they recorded me snoring. So Wait, who the hell are we interviewing? Oh, oh yeah, we have a guest. <laughs> yeah. Forget the guest. It's just it's the Dylan and Steve show. The guest is just in the background. Oh God forbid! I, just, I feel I feel a little bit like a stalker. Like I'm just watching you. How's that going for you? I love it. <laughs> oh my God! Well, that voice you're hearing is Valerie Cameron. She is our first timer that's been on three times. <laughs> Our first timer that's been on three times. It's yeah. been a while though. I feel like I was a totally different person the last time I was on the show. So it's almost like my first time. Because... Wait, Valerie, that's what you said the second time. She's I ever... mean, I'm always, I'm ever changing. <laughs> Pretty soon you're, we're going to come back and you're going to have like purple hair. Oh, you're that already like... happened. I had purple hair for three days and I just couldn't do it. I, I got rid of it. Really? Yeah, it wasn't me. I tried, but no. At least you have hair to play with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. <laughs> I do play Wait, with it. Valerie, you have had a transition. And like, so what do you want to, where, where do you want to start? I don't, you guys invited me here. You guys <laughs> ask all the questions and I'll decide whether well, I want to answer them. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, do tell, Valerie. <laughs> okay. Favorite foods. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh. Um, sushi. Wait, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could eat it every day. I'm afraid of that stuff. Yeah, me too. What? <gasps> I'm taking you to sushi as soon as it's um, able. And I will. I have changed everyone that has ever told me that they're not into sushi. I take them out and then I bring them over to my side and they love it. Valerie, I will be on the floor of the restaurant like crying and like I will be in the fetal position just crying because I'm not if that stuff is slimy and I'm not sure that I can do it. I could I'll go the California wrap. I could eat that. The California roll. Okay, you're eating the wrong sushi if that's your take on sushi. Yeah, you're eating the wrong kind of sushi if that's your take on it. I can do Let me help of, you. I can Let do tempura vegetables too. But I can't do do not tell me what I'm eating. No, I always tell people, don't question it. Just stick it in your mouth. Like, don't ask me what's in it. Oh don't God. question what's like, in it. Just put the, it in your mouth and you'll love it. 
yeah, little kids, I see them putting all kinds of shit in their mouth. And it doesn't mean that it's good <laughs> stuff. Usually it's like from the ground. And it's like, I don't know about I'm that. I'm not talking about every day. I'm talking about when we're eating sushi. Where's your okay. go-to place? Um, I love Ishiban Sushi. It's on like State Street and 3700 South. Um, it's kind of, it's half off all the time. You know that you're getting crab, um, with a K it's not like real crab meat, but the sushi is delicious. There's a UU roll there. That's like crack. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Um, but I mean, I'll eat sushi almost I'm anywhere except for like a gas station. Like I'm all in. Do gas stations huh. have sushi? Yes, they do. And don't eat Ew. it. Don't eat it there. Don't even don't just keep walking. Walk, just pass right by. What other foods should we avoid at the, there? I don't think you should really eat anything except for like the single ice cream, like things you just go and buy an ice cream out of the ice cream cooler. Or if you get a drink, that's fine. Maybe ruffles like you're having like munchies. Other than that, don't buy anything from a gas station other than gas. Should I fess up? Christmas morning, <laughs> I was craving Cinnabon and I was at my house and it was like <laughs> five in the morning and I was craving Cinnabon and I ordered it on Grubhub. Is it, is it from a gas station? It though? came from a Flying J somewhere. I don't know. Oh, it could have been a Flying J like that's in like, the middle of nowhere. That's like a bougie gas station. If you're going to do bougie Cinnabon, that's fine. But I'm talking like don't order, don't go in and like get a hot dog that's been rolling for three days. Don't go it in and the best Christmas morning I've had in a long time eating yeah. that Cinnabon. Yeah. Cinnabon's okay. I will excuse the Cinnabon for sure. Okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I really just like food. I love food so much that I started an Instagram page just because I was taking so many pictures of food. I didn't want to over post on my regular pages. So now I just have a food Instagram page and all I do is post food on it. Wait, what's the, what is your handle on it? It's called food, all the food. <laughs> food, all the food. <laughs> food, all the food. And at first I was just posting like pictures of food that I was eating out. And then during COVID, I um, realized that I don't suck at cooking. I found out I'm really good at it. And so I started cooking more. And so now I take pictures of my own food and put it on there. And I also gained like 20 pounds. So. <laughs> well, you've lost like a hundred pounds and then more. So. Oh like, my gosh. You're probably. I did not lose a like hundred pounds. <laughs> oh my gosh. I only lost. I lost only. I mean, it was a big loss last year. I lost 40 pounds last year. And then during COVID I gained 20 back and now I'm 10 pounds down since I realized that I did that so but do you know what I like so I follow you all the time um I'm a stalker from afar and um but but you like did the right thing like you work your ass off and like you you eat healthy you exercise that's that's what I see you do yeah I mean I eat semi-healthy last year um like September of 2018 until about January of this year, I was eating very, very clean. Um, but I also helps like when you're going through a divorce, it's like the divorce diet um, of you just lose weight because you're so stressed out that your body doesn't know what else to do. So if you add a divorce diet on top of like eating the right things and going to the gym, it's like the superpower that I never knew existed. Um, and then once you're happy you again, book. 
I am writing a book. <laughs> wait, no, wait, serious? You're writing a yes, book? Yes. Called The Divorce Diet. No, no. But it has some of that stuff in it. It's about it's about a, a lot of things. Um, basically just about like everything I've learned while do by living my insane life. Um, I'm writing a, and it's totally like it's almost Kanye ridiculous because it's all over the place. But I think it's um, I think that people could learn from it for sure. Or they what I really hope that if anyone ever sees this book I'm writing is that they're reading it and they're thinking this same thing happened to me. I am not totally insane. Um, I don't feel alone. And then like they it brings them some calm. Because I think when you're going through a ton of changes in your life, you kind of feel like, am I the only stupid person that does these things? Am I the only insane person that thinks these things? Like, you know, you just kind of feel like alone. And then you see that somebody else is just as crazy as you are. And then you immediately feel better about yourself. Do we get a cheat? Do we get like a snippet of what's, <laughs> what some of the like, bits of wisdom? What are some so, of the top things you've learned? So there's a couple of chapters um, about dating. Um, okay, wait. I need a pen. <laughs> uh, okay. There's so Valerie, a couple. I'm still single. I need so okay. So let's go on this dating. Where so do I need it's to start? not. It's not about how to find like where to find your person. It's kind of about like being truthful with yourself because. I went through um, quite a journey when I started dating again. Um, and it does talk about sexuality, which I usually do not discuss because of what my job is for a living. I have to be very family friendly and I have to keep those things inside. Um, but this actually goes, there's a couple chapters that are specifically about um, being real with yourself about your sexuality and your sexual needs and how that actually makes you more attractive to someone else because you are in tune with what you want and what you need instead of trying to figure out what the other person wants and needs because they will tell you if you're sexually intelligent and I think that that's been the challenge especially living in Utah and also growing up Catholic is that you're taught to keep your sexuality and your needs to yourself. And is that wrong? And is, does that make me dirty? And I shouldn't share these things with like my partner because you feel embarrassed or just like a whore. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like sometimes like as a woman asking for what you want or understanding what your needs are, you feel like a slutty whore. And so I kind of went through this journey where now I don't feel that way. Um, and I think that I'm just a better for person for it. So like, there's a lot of talk about that stuff, which I think like, you're the first people that I have, um, said that I have anything like this. Exclusive. About. exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my boss will probably listen to this and like immediately email me and say, okay, so when's this book kind of like, it's not going to be for a while. It's still not done. And I, it's probably, I'm probably going to be writing it for a couple of years. I have someone editing it as I kind of send chapters and ideas through. And it actually came out because I have um, a mentor. I think mentors are really important. And I have a mentor in LA, in LA who I met at a charity event here in Utah. And she um, works in television. And I cannot say who she is, but she works in television. And 
when I was first going through my divorce, she's like, "Okay, when I get it right, or will you just give us a wink?" So is it Oprah? No, it's not Oprah, and she doesn't live in LA. Oprah. You're just saying that because (laughs) it's not Oprah. It's definitely not Oprah. It's definitely not Oprah. So she was like, "You are really funny." And you have all of these things going on in your life right now that are very funny. And she's like, I want you to write. I want you to write because she wanted me to do stand-up comedy. And I have always wanted to do stand-up Ellen comedy. Ellen DeGeneres. It's Ellen and DeGeneres. No, it's not Ellen DeGeneres. She's not a comedian. She's not like she's a producer. So a television producer. So um, and then she's like, I want you to write like you're writing for TV but then like, we're going to put it, you're going to use some of it for material and stand up, And then you're also can use it in your book. So she's like, but it's also going to work as therapy. And it really has. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't have a mentor, get one, because I think it's, it's definitely really helpful. Um, but yeah, so I just started writing all these things down that I was feeling. And sometimes I share some of these things on social media that are appropriate. Um, And I feel like I've gotten a lot of really good feedback because again, I don't think I'm the only person that's going through any of these changes. I'm definitely not the first person that have gone through these changes, but when it's happening to you, you kind of at first feel like it's, you're the only person that's happened to like, you have that two weeks of just like, why me? And you know, you're crying in your closet. That's what I did. Um, And then you realize you're not special. Like this has happened to more people, like get out of the closet and, um, and do what you need to do to be better, to be a better person. And so that was kind of, yeah, I just started writing and listening and reading and trying everything. Like I had a year, have you seen the movie? Yes, men. Yes. Yeah. Um, with Jim Carrey. So I just had a yes year where I pretty much said yes to almost everything. Um, because for like three years I was saying no to everything because I was just in this deep depression. Um, and so I was just like, yes, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. As long as I wasn't going to get arrested or it wasn't going to kill me, I said yes to it. So. That's kind of, I love that movie too. Cause I actually think it's sometimes wise to step out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Well, and sometimes life just makes you do that, whether you want to or not. So we can just go with it. I so would like to say many yeses. Is important. You both talk to the same person. <laughs> <laughs> That's why communication is important. I would like to say yes to many things right now, but the world isn't agreeing. Um, how has yes. how has COVID um, been affecting you? You're your home from work, and your daughter graduated this year, so she had that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been kind of a crazy year because I work in radio. I have a morning show and in order to have a good morning show, you need to have, especially when you have a partner, which I do, um, you need to have really good communication with each other and you kind of need to feel each other, like the energy that comes off of each other when you're doing a live show. And I have been working from home since March and, um, it definitely has been trying to figure things out has been very difficult. Um, just trying to still have that same energy that we've had for, we've been doing this for five years together, Mike and I. And so, um, it was definitely really tricky at first. Um, like the first month I didn't even set up a studio. Like I'm sitting in this room right now 
that looks like a studio. I was doing the show from my couch, like, cause I was like, this isn't going to take very long. Like I'm going to go back to work next week and then next week and the next week. And then when I realized I'm not, I kind of went into a deep depression of, um, this is my life now just working from a dark basement <laughs> and not leaving my house. Um, so it's been a little bit of a struggle, but like we've done, I think we've done a pretty good job. Um, and then with my daughter, I have one child and she graduated high school this year, but she didn't really graduate. They didn't really do like we did a parade at her high school and it was just really weird because I remember all of the things I did when I graduated, like we had yearbook day and yearbook signing and we had, you know, like parties that we went to and, you know, all these celebrations and this, you know, kind of like coming of age, you're 18, you're graduating high school. There's all of these fun things that you do. And these kids this year didn't get to really do any of that. So it doesn't even really seem real. And for her, it was a little bit of a bummer as well. But we tried to celebrate the best we could. And hopefully before October, we'll have a graduation party for her with our family and friends. We keep having to push it back because of COVID. Um, but she's been a real trooper. And I just said, you know what? This is going to just make you stronger as a person, just trying to figure out how to get through these things, you know, um, and it seems little to somebody like, well, whatever, it's a, it's a graduation, you know, who wants to sit in that sweaty room anyway, but it kind of is like that tradition, you know, that you kind totally. of look forward to going through. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, it's been really weird and interesting and having to come up with creative ideas, both at work and with my daughter to kind of make our lives feel like we're still doing things. Um, I'm a routine based person. And I realized that, um, after my divorce and kind of, I kind of had like a little mental breakdown before my divorce. Um, I just realized that I need a routine. And so I had this great routine for a year and a half where I got up, I went to work, I went to the gym, I did, you know, all these things all day long to keep me sane. And then COVID comes and now there's no routine. And so, you know, that kind of messes, I think, with a lot of people's mental well-being. So you have to find that routine again. Yeah, when I was, I was off of work for a while at home. Meanwhile, my wife was going every day. So I, and I was having trouble bringing in money. It was just such a weird, helpless feeling. Yeah. And then Steve's, you know, they've had shut, shut the shop and not have people in there. So it's, it's. It's been completely different for him too. Yeah, but, trying to figure out this new normal that everybody keeps talking about that keeps changing every day. And we, I think we realized, all of us, kind of as the human race, is that we're not really great with change. Like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're all, I just like think there have been moments during COVID where I'm like, I'm totally the three year old brat that's screaming uh, in the Walmart store. You know, you always see those kids that are like throwing a tantrum on the floor of a store, a grocery store. Like that's been us. Like we've all kind of gone through that moment, not literally on at Walmart on the floor, but like kind of, you know, just in our brains. And, but I think coming up with those creative things, like doing shows like this, like we've realized that we can do a lot of things from home that we didn't know that we could. And I have been doing so much podcasting that has saved me. And I have a new podcast coming out as well. And so I just think the, you just have to find ways to make yourself feel like yourself 
and and if you have to be creative get creative and do it because like i don't think anything's going to change anytime soon so you you got to figure it out so you've been doing radio in the past five years how did how did you get into that because i've heard that that happened kind of accidentally Oh, yeah. I feel like my whole life has kind of happened accidentally. (laughs) Like I've always been kind of in the right place at the right time with the right person. And with radio, I I slipped and fell into radio. Um, I started working at Radio Disney back in 2007. And um, I got hired there because I was teaching a hip hop class um, and the lady who ran Radio Disney at the time saw my hip hop class because they're the Tribune. That's a newspaper for kids that don't know what the newspaper is. You used to have to put articles, articles in a newspaper for people to like, see you. There wasn't like social media, like there is now. Um, and the lady who ran Disney saw me and hired me to be a choreographer. Like that's how I got into radio. I danced my way into radio and then I moved up the ranks to be a promotions director. And then um, when Disney left, I became a promotions director for B98.7 and Cable 93. Um, And then I left there because I really thought that I had like done everything I could do. Like there, I wasn't going to be a salesperson. I wasn't going to be on the air. Like that was never like a thought in my mind that I would be a radio host or DJ. So I left there to go run an event called FantasyCon because they paid more money and it was way more creative than what I was doing in radio. And they had dragon, they had a dragon. So I'm going to go wherever there's a dragon. <laughs> they had a cool um, <laughs> yeah. And then when that didn't come back um, after the first year, my friend Dane, who had hired me over at Cumulus uh, to, to work for the bee and the bull, he said, Hey, do you want to come on the morning show and do um, movie reviews? Because I went to film school and I said, heck yes, I do. So I started going there on Fridays and doing movie reviews. And three weeks after I started doing that, the girl that was on the morning show with him went to a different radio station to do a different show. She didn't have a contract with them. And so he's like, do you want to just kind of come in a couple days a week in the morning till we find someone? I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I can do that. And then like a month into it, he's like, so do you just want to stay? And I'm like, okay, cool. I can do that. So that's like really <laughs> how I got my morning show, which pisses off a lot of people because there's a lot of people that have worked really hard and I'm sorry. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I've been there ever since. Um, and that's why I always tell people like, always just say yes to the meeting, say yes to the opportunity. You may not like it later and you can always say, okay, I'm done with this, but like, you never know what's going to come out of like an opportunity or an invitation to something. So, you know, again, as long as you're not going to get arrested or get hurt, I would say, try, try everything once if you, if you want to. Have you been arrested? No, and I really want to. It's on my <laughs> list of goals. But and I think right now is like the right time because I would really like to get arrested like protesting something that I believe in and so I oh, feel God. like if COVID wasn't going on right now, I would have totally been able to answer yes to that question, but I can't go to the rallies because my dad and my daughter are really high risk um and so if, if I brought COVID home to them, it would be horrible. So I, I really do. I want to be arrested, like, um, protesting something that I believe in. I would really like to do that. Or, you know, stealing a burrito. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really love burritos. Steve, have you been arrested? 
I have not. Me either. I mean, I have been fake handcuffed. Oh, I totally have too. I think that's given. And I do get <laughs> plenty of speeding tickets. So, I mean, maybe one of these days. We should get arrested together. There we go. Eating a burrito. At a protest, at a rally. Maybe we protest <laughs> with a burrito. That's what I'm saying. Like, we do a sit-in, and we just sit there and eat burritos, and we don't leave. I'm not leaving until these burritos are all gone. <laughs> you can't take my burrito from me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, tell us about your podcast. Like, where can people find them? Okay, so... um Movies That Make Us is the first podcast that I was involved in, um, and it's on the Stolen Droid Network. So you can go to StolenDroid.com, or you can find Movies That Make Us on all of the social media, um, Movies That Make Us. And it's uh, me and Jake and Tracy, and uh, they invited me to be on this podcast. Tracy knew me a little bit, but Jake didn't know me at all. And the people that ran Stolen Droids had never met me, and they were just like, they took Tracy's word for it that I would be um, good on a podcast. And so we sat down and did our first episode. And I think they were just like, oh, crap, what did we get ourselves into? Because she talks and talks and talks. And I say things that are not appropriate. And like, I have opinions, right? Um, but it's How been a really, <laughs> it's been a really, really great show to be a part of. And I love them so much. Um, and we've been doing that for almost two years. And uh, then I just started a multiplane podcast. Oh, uh, movies that make us obviously is about movies. Uh, multiplane podcast um, with Ty uh, Tyler Russell, and we just started that a couple of months ago. And it's all Disney, so it's Disney parks, Disney movies, Disney news, anything that's Disney we talk about. And again, that's you can either find us at StolenDroids.com or you can find us at Multiplane Podcast on all the social medias. And then my new podcast that's coming up, I'm doing with Larry Curtis, which I believe you guys both know Larry Curtis. Um, and he worked with me um, at FantasyCon and he is super smart and a great filmmaker, a great writer. And it's called Seemingly Appropriate Podcast. And we are going to talk about things that usually people feel kind of uncomfortable talking about. Um, it's not going to be like hugely racy. It's just going to be, you know, things that, we should talk about that. Maybe people are like, ah, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. And our first episode is all about um, depression and how people handle it. Both people going through depression, but also people that don't go through depression and how they treat people that do. So it's kind of um, human interaction and depression and how you kind of deal with it. And we have a really great guest um, that's going to be on with us. And so that's kind of our first one. So. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Okay, other bits from your book. Um, so, you <laughs> learn communication to be to say yes. What other life advice do you give us? Um, oh, I don't know that anybody should like take my advice. I'm not I I have no degrees in anything important. Like I'm not a specialist. Oh my um, gosh. Okay. Well, okay. But, but I have it. gone There's through. I have like reasons. <laughs> you're not responsible. For Look, I worked, I worked for Disney for a long time. So I, I'm very I'm sure I get those, those in, but um, yeah, I think uh, for me, um, I think 
most of the book in general is about uh, being okay with your voice. And I think <laughs> what that means is, is especially with the career that I've had, and I love all the jobs I've had, and I am very lucky to have done everything that I've done, but often I have to be a lot of different people at one time, depending on what job I'm working, what audience I'm in front of. And that takes a toll on a person um, to not only go home um, to your husband and have to be someone different um, and then to be someone different to your family and then to be someone different at this job and that job and then kind of sitting alone and wondering who the heck you are and when you don't even know. Like you're all these different people and I think most of us go through that is just um, – who are you really? And then when you figure out the things about you that you like, you question if it's okay to be that person. And so I think it's like figuring out um, what your voice is, what you believe in, and being okay with that. Um, because I have a lot of guilt and um, doubt about the real me. And I started slowly over the past couple of years, kind of revealing, um, who I think I am and who I think I've been this entire time, but haven't shared with people because I've had this like quote unquote Disney persona. And it's actually made a lot of people angry because I'm supposed to be a role model. And I don't think me sharing these sides of me that make you uncomfortable makes me any less of a role model. I think it makes me more of a role model to be truthful about, myself. Um, because none of us are pristine. None of us are without, um, mistakes and blemishes and scars and drama and baggage. Like we all have all of it. And the minute that we understand that I think we'll be better with not only ourselves, but with other people. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to figure out those things about myself being okay with all of those things, whether I like those things or not. <laughs> and there's a lot of things I don't like, but that's who I am. So I, I need to accept it. Um, and then being okay with speaking up when I want people to know, you know, because I think a lot of people out there, actually, I know a lot of people out there do not know the real me. They think that they know who I am because I've been really, really good over the past 10 years of my life, branding myself as this person over here, because that was my job. It's my job to brand myself that way. And I'm, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> I'm kind of tired and it's, it has messed with my mental well being, And so I can't do it anymore. So that's where I'm at. And I think that a lot of other, a lot of people are kind of in the same situation. I think that's good that you're giving a voice to that because I think that we all have these like pretenses that we're supposed to like only portray a certain us and, right. and I think like you said I actually think all of it makes us powerful like you know mm -hmm. all of the insecurities that we all have um, are also important and also powerful I'm glad that you do that because yeah, I, so, I think it's great yeah the book is basically about all that and everything all the steps that I've gone through to get there like it talks about you know I attempted suicide two years almost two years ago next month and, um, a lot of people thought that I attempted it after I was told I was getting a divorce. It was actually before it was almost a month before. And I had told no one 
because I am still I, I'm ashamed of it. Like, and I, and I'm working through not being ashamed of it and how I get to that point is talking about it. Um, and then I finally shared it with my ex-husband when I knew for sure that we were getting a divorce because I didn't want him to stay with me, um, for that. I did not want him to feel guilty about it. And then I told my on-air partner, Mike, what had happened. And he's like, you've got to share your story because everybody looks at you like you've got this perfect life and you share everything fun. And that's my job. I get paid to share everything fun. Right. Um, and so as soon as I had the guts to tell my daughter, which was very hard conversation and I still, it makes me very upset. Like I might cry right now. As soon as I had the guts to tell my daughter that I had done this selfish thing, um, then I went on the air and I shared it with everyone. And, um, some of my family was actually very angry that they heard about it on the air, but it's my story and my journey. And it's not about anyone else, but me and my daughter, I think, because she's like the most important person in my life. And so, um, there is a lot of chapters about that experience, that journey, um, what that feels like, how I got there, um, and how not to go back there and how I've almost gone back there a few times. Um, so you just being real about that, um, it was huge. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going through the book. It goes through a lot of different phases of how I've, how I've gotten where I am and where I'm going. With COVID, I think that, you know, it's, it's brought a lot of shit, but it also in my part, it's also made me reflect on things that are valued or that are important to me. And I think mm -hmm. that maybe I wouldn't have taken this time to have tried to analyze that had it have not been for COVID or for this, right. like being forced to like sit back and to, to <laughs> you know, reinvent myself or to refigure out my priorities. Do you think yeah. that there's been some good stuff that you've learned through all of what's going oh, on? Oh yeah. It's, it's all been good. I mean, there are definitely some dark points for everyone, you know, like all of us trying to figure out how to pay our bills when most of us haven't, you know, been in the stressful situation and um, figuring out how to see people that we care about, which is very hard. Um, for a lot of social people, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, dang, I have to stay home. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's, I've been, you know, I've been not home for my, almost my whole adult life because of what I do for a living. So now I'm forced to be home, um, which sometimes that's bad for my brain, but a lot of times it's, it's really good. And I think stepping, trying to step away and it's really hard, but try and step away and look at all the things that you can do given what you have right now. And, you know, I've read a lot of books on being mindful and mindfulness. And, um, I definitely think there's a lot of good things that, that have come out of COVID, not the disease or not, not the pandemic, but, um, just us having to spend more time with our family and us having to, figure out how to deal with ourselves. Cause now a lot of us are spending a lot of time with ourselves and we kind of have to meet ourselves again. Like, Hey, how you doing? Like it's been a while, you know, because we're constantly being social or on social media or going to functions or, you know, around so many other people that now you have to figure out how to be okay with yourself. And so I think it's been really great if you 
if you look at it that way. A lot of people have gotten a lot of yard work done or homework done because <laughs> they're sitting at their house and they're like, oh yeah, I can paint this room that I've needed to paint for 10 years. Um, you know, so I think everybody kind of deals with their, their own way, but I definitely feel like it's, there have been some good things that have come out of it for sure. Do you remember, uh, we, you and I, like, we went to lunch, I don't even remember how long ago, it was a while ago, but you were telling me about some book you were reading, and um, and you kept telling me, Steve, you need to, like, read this book. <laughs> yeah. What is um, it? I remember you um, got me, like, the best mac and cheese ever um, oh, yeah. at this lunch. That's, I, that. I always rem- remember the property. food. I Yeah, I love it so much, so... Um, I always forget the exact, um, title and it's not sitting in front of me. It was sitting on my shelf a second ago. Um, but let me just make sure this is what it's called. Um, before I tell you, cause I always, um, misquote the title of this book because I use, um, it's, oh man. Okay. Let me look it up. But yeah, it's like, it's something like, um, I'll look it up on my I have it um virtually as well but it's like um how to get shit done can I say shit on here I don't yeah. know if that's fuck okay yeah or not. um <laughs> <laughs> but it's a black covered book and the it, there's asterisks in the swear words um but let me just make sure that I have this right and the author I found out later um uh, is actually from Utah oh, and wow. it's a it's a very quick read but it pretty much saved, um, it's pretty much saved my life. Um, this book was given to me by a fellow entrepreneur that I only know from Facebook, um, about four years or three years ago, maybe sorry, every day feels like a year right now. Um, because he had, he had noticed just off of social media, um, that I had not been acting like myself. And so he actually um, sent me this book and he said, I really think that you need to read this book and I think it will help you. Well, I wasn't ready for help at that moment in my life. Um, And so I read the book and I did absolutely nothing with this book. Right. And then um, the day after I tried to commit suicide, um, I was bound and determined, like something just clicked in my head while it was happening. Um, And I stopped myself from doing what I was about to do. And I just said, not, I can't live this way anymore. I've got to change what's going on. And I went to the store and I bought this book um, because he had sent it to me virtually, but I wanted a physical copy of this book. So I bought the book. I bought seven um, notebooks for goals. They're my goal books that I have. And I read this book and I read this book every single month, once a month. Um, because it really, it's everything that, you know, like this book is everything we know, but the way this guy says it, like, just stop being stupid. Basically, (laughs) these are the things you need to do. Stop being stupid, ingest it, Um, just really changed my life because I really needed a kick in the pants and I try and get this book, um, for everyone that I feel like is going through this. Um, and there's just a lot of purpose in the book. Like it tells you what, like you need to find things that you do every day that you commit to, that you have control over. And that was really what helped me and why I went to the gym every single day 
for almost two years. Um, it had, it was very little to do with working out and very much everything to do with the only person that can go to the gym is me. Like you can't go to the gym for me. You could do almost everything else for me in my life, but you can't get up and go to the gym for me. I can get up and I can go. And whether I work out or I just go, I said, I actually left the house today and I went to the gym and I pat myself on the back and I do what I'm able to do. And then I go home and, um, and we all need to kind of, when you're going through something hard, like I was going through, it was a couple of things that were hard. You kind of need to have that routine, those things that you can control that are going to make you better. And it definitely did. And I don't, I can't find the book now you're asking me, um, but I will, by the time our, the podcast is over, I will make sure that I find this book. Um, During the time I was at home, I didn't have a book or anything like that, but I would like, you know, give myself a haircut or take a shower just to give me that reset. And I, I think yes. that that's important that people do that is like, what do I have control of that I can reset things with? And yeah, it's very helpful. Well, and you know, I changed, I've changed my hair quite a lot in the past, um, like 18 months. <laughs> um, and people are like, I don't understand what you're doing. Well, I have control over that. Um, and so, um, you know, I Heaven think that did you change your hair? <laughs> I was changing it a lot. Like yeah, I, th I, I, I thought it was great. It's just, oh, she's blonde now. Okay, and then yeah. like less than two weeks, it's like black again okay, or purple. Okay, before COVID's done, I'm gonna, I will do something like that. <laughs> do Just it, for you. Do it. I'm pro. Like I, right now is the longest um, I've gone without changing my hair because I'm trying to grow it out. But I loved my blonde, and um, you know, it 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 very much is therapy for me doing like dyeing my own hair in the middle of the night. Like that's, it's very much therapy. So, you know, don't listen to haters that tell you that you need to control that stuff. Like if, again, if it doesn't hurt you and you can't get arrested, it's perfectly fine. And if yeah. it doesn't hurt others, don't hurt other people as well. Um, but yeah, that's good so. advice. Is that, that's <laughs> in your book too, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that, um, in my book, a lot of stuff like that. So again, I may, nobody, this may no, never Valerie, be. Don't, I, no, your book is but... going to be a bestseller. <laughs> and I'm going to like have, we, Dylan and I have had the first scoop. So like, I feel like <laughs> it's very important. If this book gets finished, when it gets finished, I will make sure you guys get the first copies. Will you autograph it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, good. good. Sure. <laughs> So you you talk about your mentor. Who else do you look up to for inspiration and whatnot? Gosh, there um, there are so many people. I have been um, so lucky in my life to kind of be placed in situations where I where I get to be in the room with so many cool people. Um, you know, I think both of you definitely we've met on happenstance, you know, interactions and now, you know, I, we're good friends and having people like you and other people in my life are, and so many different kinds of people. Like, I don't know if I have, you know, specific, um, people that I want to name right now because there are so many, but, um, 
you know, having this mentor, having people that are supportive. And I definitely think, um, you know, my Disney family, when I worked at Disney, um, they're still my family. Like we all still talk and chat and, um, you know, my event family. So people that have done all the nerdy conventions with me, there's a a big group of those people that as I was going through this really hard time and had to quit doing things, um, they've just been there for me in so many ways and been super supportive. And I think people, when you think of a mentor, you automatically think of somebody that's way above you, um, that, that has done so much more than you have. That's not necessarily what a mentor is. A mentor is someone that can help you get to the next level of your life. And that can be so many different kinds of people. Um, now specifically, if you want to be something like a comedian or a writer or a director, that kind of mentor, obviously you want to find somebody that's in (laughs) that, you know, work so that you can get there. Um, but as far as like, um, you know, mental health mentors, you know, I have some pretty special people in my life and they definitely know who they are because I've been a lot better at telling them (laughs) and communicating with them. Um, but you know, I just, I think you need to not take uh, for granted the people that are around you. And I had done that for a really long time. Um, and I own that, you know, I, you get to a point in your career where you're working, 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 working. And that becomes, for me, it became everything that I was doing. And I kind of neglected everything else because I was really successful at it. And then I would go home and I was not successful at home. Like I was a big failure at home. And so, you know, the minute I said, guess what? I'm not going to work as much anymore. It made a lot of people angry because that's what they expected from me. And I get it. Like, I don't fault them at all. Um, you know, like I started companies that I had to walk away from, um, but I had to do it, you know, and for the certain people were very angry when I had to walk away and certain people just stuck right next to me. And I think those are mentors. Those are people that, that help you get through. So, you know, it's, you got to recognize those people that are in your life that are there no matter what. Uh, Yeah. Um, that was a really long answer. Sorry. (laughs) I think I was still processing it when. (laughs) (laughs) And that book is called get shit done by Jeffrey Gitmore. Gitomer. Sorry. Gitomer. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but, um, yep. Yep. It's the ultimate guide to productivity, procrastination, and profitability. So it goes over everything in your life and, uh, you can get it on the Amazon. Yeah, I think I need it. Um, Valerie, well, I've been very grateful to you because you've taught me a lot and, um, you've taught me like to kind of own myself, like to own who I am and the things that I do. And I just have felt welcomed into your world from the minute I met you. And, you know, it was always genuine and it was never superficial. And I have valued that. And so I've been very grateful for our friendship. But um, yeah, I love it. I love every time I get to spend with you because it's just genuine to me. And um, I think I need more people like that in my life. And um, everybody does. And um, so you've you're very unique. And so I appreciate you. Um, but you've taught me Making so me much. Blush. Well, but you've taught me a lot. And, and your, your kid has taught me a lot too. And I love all of you guys. And, um, 
no, you're, I love sitting back and just watching and I love seeing who you are and I love the evolution of that and, and where the next page goes because you inspire me a lot. So thank you. Oh, thank you. To say that. How did you two meet? We met through Radio Disney, I believe, right? Or did we meet up at Sundance? I, I it's hard I to say. It was, it <laughs> like was, I feel it was, it was around Disney with Sundance, I think. Yeah, yeah. Radio Disney was up at a lounge at Sundance, and we were there for like entertainment purposes, and they were there, of course, with chocolates and doing VIP things. Oh, and, let's be honest, I do nothing except eat chocolate, so that's what. I <laughs> and I think we had crossed paths before because we know a lot of the same people. But it's always we've always been, you know, in situations where there's always a hundred people around. And yeah. but I think in this instance, we actually got to hang out and talk, and then. Um, I think we set some things up to do something professional and then we just became friends like automatically. I I think it's really hard um, in our business, all of our businesses with what we do to recognize who is in our life for the right reasons um, and who is there for, um, for their 15 minutes through you. And um, so I think when I connect with a genuine person that I feel safe with, which is how I felt immediately with Steven. Um, You just hang on to those people. And I just kept bugging him and bugging him to hang out more and more. And every chance I could get to have him involved with anything I was doing, um, I did um, until he just gave in and decided to be my friend. Like you just, I made him love me. Like I made him. (laughs) As you were talking about, you know, some of your mentors are just like some of the people that you met that have been so loyal to you. Honestly, they took me in too. And, um, you know, I just remember experiences where it'll be a Saturday night and I didn't want to do anything. And you guys were like, Steve, get your ass out of bed and like come <laughs> out and hang with us. And I would meet yeah. you. And then we'd end up eating shitty D food or whatever <laughs> food. Just, it didn't matter. It's usually but, at D's at like one in the morning. But what all I looked the about it is we were all just sitting there laughing and genuine. And um, yeah, you're a very important part of my life. So thank you. Oh, you too. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think most of the time we meet people by accident, and you know, when you're in a business like ours where you meet so many people all the time, sometimes you can just get caught up in that and just brush it off and brush it off because you're just tired of saying hi and how are you and who are you and you know you kind of get and I've definitely had those moments for sure um there are people out there that totally hate me like as a person because like our interactions were not great so I'm definitely not perfect but I I really do try and recognize um people but I definitely have human days where I'm super tired of you know just doing the same thing over and over and then wondering Um, if this person is saying hi to me because they want something from me or saying hi to me because they just really want to say hi. Um, and sometimes that just gets to worry about that. I just kind of want to stay home most of the time now, you know, um, that's also in my book. I, I did not date when I started dating. I refused to date anyone, um, that I knew, um, the first person that I dated, I kind of knew from social media, but everyone else other than that person, 
um, was someone that I totally did not know me at all. So they didn't have any preconceived notion about who I was. They didn't know what I did for a living. They didn't care that I might have concert tickets for them or that maybe they could meet a celebrity at a con, like, you know, and people got angry, like all these guys that are like, well, you know me and now you're single and we should go date. And I'm like, sorry, I, I don't know. No, thank you. Cause I don't know who, you think, you know, this Valerie, but I'm not this Valerie. I'm this Valerie over here, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that answered any question. I don't even remember what question. What's next? Right. <laughs> Podcast is next. What podcast? Your next big projects. The podcast. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a huge project. I just think I'm excited to have a podcast and talk about um, things that are real. Um, usually I talk about movies and those things are real too. And it's fun. Um, and when I'm on my radio show, I kind of have to talk about things that, um, you know, just me and uh, my audience are okay with, you know, there are a lot of just very happy things um, and so I think with this podcast kind of getting real, um, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about, uh, being able to talk about things, um, and having real long conversations about those things. Um, do you think that yeah. the movie going experience has changed forever? Yes. I, I don't know that it will ever be the same again. Um, I definitely want the theater movie experience to be back. And I think it's slowly, I've been back to the theater. Um, I was a little afraid, but I went back and I um, went and saw Back to the Future on the big screen, which I'd never seen on the big screen before. And I definitely hope that we're going to get back to the theater in a big way, but I definitely don't think that it will ever be the same again. Do you think Tenant will ever come out? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I had in last week in my email, in my inbox from the studio, it said we had a screening coming up in August and I was so excited. And then yesterday it was, you know, it's canceled, you know, for the foreseeable future. And I do, I, I, I respect that. Um, there are movies that should only be seen on a big screen that were made for a big screen, that that experience is part of that movie. Um, and so I respect it. I respect the filmmakers for doing that. Um, my, my dogs are both in here. Like I need you to let me out. Um, aside, they're making little groany noises, but, um, you know, but then there are some movies that it's okay if they, if they go straight to streaming and it's changed the Oscars forever because now we have different categories. I'm actually going to be on the set of a movie, um, a Hallmark movie in two days. And it will be definitely interesting to see how being on a set has changed so much. Um, you know, since the last time I was on a set, like making a movie now, I think is going to be changed um, for a very long time. I don't think it's going to be the same. So, yeah. I went to a play uh, Saturday at Hill Center Theater. And that was Oh, just, how was that? It, the audience was about two thirds full and we were on the front row. So we didn't have anybody in front of us to worry about that part. But the, right. all the actors, they, did, they didn't have masks on and you know, that, that was kind of weird after seeing everybody around you in masks and keeping their distance. Right. So, but it, it, it was enjoyable. It was kind of weird having the mask on the whole time. Right. But for, for the most part, it it was nice. I It, it was... Needed. To get out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, should we do bonus questions, Steve, so she can get I the dogs part. out? All right. First 
bonus question is, um, what does creativity mean to you? Creativity to me um, means innovation. And maybe that's because I'm a, a Disney kid. <laughs> um, but I feel like there are a lot of people that can be creative or they can have an idea. But until you make that idea or that creative moment your own and you're, you know, innovative about it, um, I don't really consider it creativity. I don't think people should stop and say, well, I'm inspired by this. And so I'm going to start, I want to, it has sparked my creativity, like always go with your creative moment, whether or not it's inspired by someone else or not. Um, but I don't, I don't think that there is really anything new out there. I think we're all inspired by something else that we've seen, but it's, it's about being innovative about how you see that creative thing and not being afraid to then go with that creative spark, that creative moment. So I think innovation and creativity go hand in hand. Awesome. Yeah, that I totally agree. The next one is, who's your favorite Muppet and why? Oh, my favorite Muppet is probably Beaker. Um, because I think that Beaker is so unique um, and he plays such an important role in like his element because I don't think that those sketches would be funny at all without Beaker. But I also say, I also think he says so much without saying really anything which I, I, it causes you when you're watching a scene with Beaker in it, you have to pay attention to everything that's going on in the scene to really understand what's going on. And so he forces you to use all of your senses, which I think is so much fun. I, I yeah. Probably Chewbacca is the probably closest comparison, you know, cause he's interacting mm -hmm. with everything, but you don't understand him. Yeah. And then the last one in the movie of your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, <laughs> um, that's, that's really, it's, that's an interesting question, which is also like, um, a chapter in my book and this is really <laughs> weird. Um, but I don't relate to women, even though I am a woman and I I've never related really to women. I relate to men. And so to think about a woman playing me in my life story is very weird for me. Um, because I've never seen myself in any other woman. Like I've never seen a woman that I've related to. Um, I don't know. I'm going to therapy for that <laughs> <laughs> specifically. Um, but, um, so that's a really difficult question, which I've been asked before. Um, but I, I have no idea because I just, I've never looked at a woman on the big screen and said, and seen myself. I've never... I've never seen myself where I've related to male characters so much more than female characters. So I don't know. You're going to have That's... to star in your own. <laughs> I definitely don't want to star in my own life movie and have to relive all of that again. <laughs> what male characters have you related with? Um, I mean, like when I watch movies like Star Wars or whatever, like I am totally a Han Solo. I'm totally a Poe Dameron. Um, I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm not a rule follower, but I'm totally a rule follower. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Um, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie that I watched recently that, you know, but I mean, immediately when you tell me like, you know, like I relate to Poe. I relate to Indiana Jones. I relate to, um, 
you know, I'm just kind of the outsider that isn't really an outsider. You know, those people like they think they're outsiders, but they're really not. (laughs) (laughs) And they push the boundaries a little bit more and they're a little bit off. You know, I just, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a weird question because of, of, uh, of my relationship with women. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a whole different episode. (laughs) (laughs) I still think you're doing your own. Yeah. I'm doing my own. own (laughs) (laughs) Can I be a PA on it? And sure. (laughs) (laughs) Can you also do craft services? Cause I want all the chocolate. Well, I'll wait, I'll just be the chocolate craft service. And so that's all. Chocolate, maybe ice cream and pastries. And then that's Sounds all good. I'll do. That's really all we need. We don't really need and sushi. I'll have some. I'm not gonna bring, bring it for anybody else. So we'll just be for you. So I will okay. just be following just around trailer. just with you. And if anybody tries to get in the stash, no. It will be my it will be my weird ask. Like I need only hatch family chocolates in my room and it needs to be at this temperature. And Steve and needs to follow and, me around and, and give Steve, me the chocolate. And only Steve can feed it to me. And if you can't do that, then I'm not going to be involved with this project. Well, it is your movie. <laughs> so, I mean, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Valerie, I love you. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> thanks for thing, chatting. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. You said Indiana Jones, and that made me want to uh, announce we are getting a new puppy at the Mazziotti house. We're naming him Indiana. <laughs> You're right. named after the dog. Named the dog Indiana. <laughs> That's Sammy's favorite line from any movie. It's fantastic. Well, now it's come true in our home. So <laughs> nice. So That's awesome. Thank you, Valerie. This was this was thank great. You. You're welcome on anytime. And if thank you. If you need a geeky guy to come on to any of your podcasts, uh, dial me up. I'm, of course. You got it. I'm going through the streaming services like crazy right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely need to have you guys on. Awesome. We're there. All right. Go let the dogs out. Woo, woo. <laughs> Hopefully this was interesting for you guys. I oh, don't know. Totally. Oh my gosh. I love you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, Thanks, you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> podcast is done, man. <laughs>